This is According to Callus. This is going to be episode 218, and this is a Saturday special. Why? Because HD61 is just the gift that keeps on giving. We just can't seem to get anything straight with that race. So we had a contested primary, which is great, by the way, to essentially supersede or replace the former HD70 that was formerly represented by Scott Sanford and the guy that, I guess, started running early didn't even get to the runoff. Now, I'm sure there's a number of reasons there and we won't break that down. However, we did end up with a runoff or part two of the primary, if you will. And the guy that lost the runoff just doesn't seem to want to let it go. Now, there are a number of reasons why this might be the case. And um, being that I don't have a dog in this hunt at this point, uh, the candidate that I chose to support, albeit reluctantly, was Jim Herblin, and he lost. That left us with Paul Chabot and Frederick Frazier. And as I've said multiple times, neither one was my first choice, nor was I enthusiastic about either one of them. Um, I say that I came to the conclusion uh, privately that one of them would be less bad than the other based upon my personal beliefs. I think both men were able and capable of doing the job. I just don't know they would have done the job in the way that I would prefer. So for that reason, I neither endorsed nor really pushed one way or the other in that situation. Mostly out of respect that I believe our voters are capable of making an informed decision in the primary, particularly a runoff. It should be noted there was no clear winner in the original primary. The runoff, however, was quite frankly uh, convincing. Now, you can say what you want. There might have been some different people that put their thumb on the scale. There might have been Democrats voting in the runoff. There might have just been fatigue. I don't know. I don't say that to disparage or pump up either candidate, just reminding everybody that the runoff wasn't really that close. Granted, there was a minuscule number of people that actually made that decision for us all. Be that as it may, the results do speak for themselves. And now that that's done and over with, we have to deal with the fact that Paul Chabot launched some allegations, which on the surface appear to have some validity, whether or not they rise to a situation necessitating the felony conviction. We will see. Uh, My jury of myself is not convinced one way or the other. So let's take a moment to revisit what allegedly is gone on. And I, I'm going to summarize because I don't know all the details. And quite frankly, to me, they're not that important at this point. 
Apparently, Mr. Frazier was wearing his former shirt as a city council member and apparently went and informed a store, or maybe two, depending on who you speak to, that they were in a code-violating situation whereupon some signs of his opponent were not in an appropriate location and advised them they need to take it down. Now, whether or not that was a good idea, a wise idea, or politically expedient, don't know, don't care. However, this was a, let's call it salty, contested runoff of the primary, which had, let's say, various factions of the Republican Party, or conservatism, if you prefer, going after each other in... Of what could only be called a purity test of sorts. Now, at this point, it should be a fairly public record that over a half a million dollars was spent by Mr. Frazier, and I'm guessing about half of that amount was spent by Mr. Chabot for a seat that pays a fraction of that to work every other year. Now, Much like the senatorial uh, race primary that took place two years earlier, there was a lot of time, money, and a whole lot of money and effort spent to win the seat. And I'm sure that all comes into play in this situation. So when there was a loss, and it was a convincing win, if you will, we proceeded forward with this accusation of wrongdoing. So much so that apparently now it went before a grand jury and apparently now we have a accusation of a felony crime. Now, I know that a lot of people from the outside looking in could easily dismiss this as sour grapes. In fact, I got to say, in my opinion, there's some of that involved. I have no doubt that there were unethical things that occurred on both sides of the race. We've seen this before. They get bloody, primaries do, and then the generals get even worse so. But what I fail to see is what the positive outcome of this is. So let's review one more time. Allegedly, Mr. Frazier went and informed a business that a sign they had was put up in the wrong place because it violates the code. I'm certain that there are other entities that could have just as easily done this, particularly if there was a phone call made on the behalf of the offended person. So, while I think it's Beneath a campaign or a candidate to go do that, I don't know that necessarily anything was done wrong until such point that you factor in the extenuating circumstances that perhaps will lead to these charges going somewhere. So let's just game this out for a second. We now have charges that have been filed, an arrest record generated for something that, on the grand scheme of things, seems rather petty. 
But let's let's look at the two most logical conclusions here. One, Mr. Frazier did something that was very much crossing the line, very much a bad thing, and needs to be punished. The other extreme is there's no there there and this is much ado about nothing and it's sour grapes either scenario leads to the problem that we have now is we potentially damaged our candidate like him or not he was our candidate that won the runoff of the primary and was supposed to represent us in hd61 against the democrat challenger So we go and have this faction damage him. Now, the argument can be made that there was a legitimate reason that he has no business representing us because he broke the law and therefore should step down so that we can choose another. Okay. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe maybe that's what's at play there. I'll grant everybody the benefit of the doubt on that side of the aisle. But on the flip side, if this is just a petty mean-spirited way to get even or strike back at the machine move. What about it? I'm sure more unethical things happen in every primary. Doesn't make them right. Doesn't make them excusable. But at the risk of potentially handing over the seat, I fail to see any rationality behind this so just hypothetically let's 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 give the other side their due and say that you've come to the conclusion that frederick fraser is a moderate and he has no interest in representing hd61 he's merely going there as a adjunct to the police association and is going to be working for the governor to rubber stamp whatever the governor wants If that's the worst we can say about the guy, I think everybody that voted for him pretty much already knew that. Even if they uh, disagree with it, they made an educated decision that they were okay with that. So to jam the guy up on the situation, again, just doesn't seem to serve any purpose other than to damage a candidate that won the runoff. So now the the hue and cry from the other side is, this just proves our point, and he needs to go. Okay, let's play that out. Hypothetically, Frederick Frazier says, guys, it's not worth it. Uh, I don't have time for this. These guys are coming after my career now by trying to force a felony conviction on me. I'm. Uh, it's not worth it. I, I want to keep my retirement. I want to protect my family. I'm out. So now what? Now, I specifically heard somebody from the Chabot team think that that's why the Jim Herblin immediately endorsed, or I'm sorry, not endorsed, supported and assisted Frederick Fraser, thinking that if he gets eliminated, I could take another bite at the apple and run by getting all the precinct chairs to support me. But in reality, it looks like that that's the angle that the Team Chabot is working for right now, where we're going to disqualify by screaming and crying about what is, let's say, unethical behavior uh, from the opposing team. 
we're going to try and discredit him and run him off so that we can have Team Chabot get their guy on the ballot. To what end? 60% of the people that voted in the runoff, and it's more than that, but just let's go with 6 out of 10, chose one over the other. Do you think those people are going to also show up to vote in a general election when the loser was able to force out the winner? Do you think they're going to be excited to support Mr. Chabot? I have my doubts. Now, if we jump back into the original theory that Mr. Herblin, you know, made the balanced guess that if I support Frazier and he gets knocked out, I can then swoop in and get the endorsement of all the precinct chairs because I had that before this race went down. Maybe, maybe, but does anybody really believe a guy that has been convicted of nothing ought to, I don't know, step down and not finish his race? I got to tell you, until he's convicted of something, why? I mean, it's kind of embarrassing. It's not ideal, but he's been convicted of nothing. You're innocent until proven guilty. That's what we say. That's what we want to say we believe. As constitutionalists, as conservatives, as liberty lovers, we stand on the idea that you're innocent until proven guilty, yet... There's a faction within our own party that wants to run a guy off because they've determined that he's guilty. And he may be. I don't know. Neither do you. And if he is guilty for shenanigans, do you think this is the first time or it's going to be the last time? And do you really want to disqualify a candidate for maybe crossing a line on some... petty thing like this my words yeah i know it's a third degree felony yeah i know there's real way to it and no i wouldn't approve of this as a wholesale thing but if this is just a simple matter of i had the wrong shirt on when i did what i did man really is that what we're going to come down to i mean all we heard in the primary is we're the real we're the real Republican, we're the real conservative, and we're going to go do this ticky-tack nonsense to disqualify somebody that won? I don't know how that serves our purpose. Now let's play the other side of the scenario. Let's say this went on many, many times, and he just managed to get caught once. And maybe there were members of his team, uh, particularly some trolls that were fran- fans of his, that I happen to know. And they went around to other businesses and, you know, chased people off and talked poorly about the two other candidates to get their guy's sign in front. Again, maybe it's unethical. It's certainly distasteful, but it goes on all the time. Why should we act surprised by this? If you're advocating for your candidate while running down the other candidate, how is that different than any other election? So, again... Where does that leave us? So we got potentially Mr. Herblin waiting on Mr. Frazier to step out of the election because of this potential felony issue. Now, I'm going to guess that Mr. Frazier is laughing this off and doesn't see an issue here because it's largely BS. And if he's right, then he's doing the right thing. But if some small measure 
This is true. There actually is a there there. And potentially that puts the man's livelihood, his pension, and his family in danger. Then I got to wonder if it isn't the smart thing to just say, you know what? This isn't worth the hassle. This isn't worth the trouble. The heck with this. Now, from my interactions with Mr. Frazier, I don't believe that Frederick's about to roll over and play dead. In fact, I expect he's going to fight back and have his friends punch back for him that are in a much more powerful and influential position. In fact, I got to I got to back well, I want to revisit an issue here. Early on when we heard this was the case, early on when we heard this accusation, I made the comment to several friends of mine that even if this was true, I didn't see any way this gets past a grand jury. Because one, our DA had already endorsed that candidate. Right or wrong, he did. So he had to recuse himself. And honestly, every local police association, for obvious reasons, had also endorsed this candidate. So they essentially recused themselves. So they had to go to the Texas Rangers. Now, if the Texas Rangers actually found evidence to suggest that there's some there, there, and they would have put forth this, that might be a little concerning. That might be a little problematic. But my understanding is, and if I got this wrong, then I'll I'll stand corrected and somebody can give me the information. I'd appreciate it. My understanding is this was not the action of the Texas Rangers, that this is in fact the action of a special prosecutor or somebody that's not directly connected with the law enforcement community. And that there might be some other things at play here. Once again, to what end? Now, I got to say, personally, I struggle with the idea that law enforcement associations get involved in political fights. Because they're supposed to uphold the law. They're supposed to be peace officers to support everybody. And I find it challenging to believe that's the case when they're picking and choosing winners. Now, I understand the validity of it. I I get what they want. I'm sensitive to that because, after all, it's about their jobs and their families and their pensions and they want to protect those things. And I can respect that. That's why it is kind of the third rail in municipal politics. You don't touch the police. You don't touch the firefighters. And rightfully so to a certain extent. But this is a statewide office. And these aren't even really issues addressed on a regular basis. Yet, they felt the need to put their thumb, indeed their whole hand and perhaps their arm on the scales. So I ask, after all this is said and done, What possible good outcome do we receive? So let me lay out three scenarios. Scenario number one, the charges basically go nowhere or are adjudicated out between now and November and result in no penalty. And Frederick Fraser stays the course, stays on the ballot. He's now a damaged candidate. Now, he'll probably still win. It's a Republican district. It was drawn that way on purpose. 
But do you think for one moment that our newly elected state reps can be, I don't know, excited to work with any of the conservatives that did this to them? Do you think in any way, shape, or form that helps our cause for constitutionally conservative issues when we went after the guy? I suspect it won't. So that's option number one, he wins. Option number two, he loses. Oh, great, we got a Democrat. Good move, guys. So that's outcome one. Outcome two, there is a there, there, and he steps down, and somebody or Team Chabot got what they wanted. They get his name on the ballot. But the result is a bunch of Republicans are let's say, irritated with the way things played out and just don't show up to the polls and, oh, we got another Democrat. Or, by some miracle, they put that aside because, oh, you got to vote for the Republican. It's the lesser of evils and, oh, he's got an R after his name. He's better than the other guy. Which is our default answer for every election. And we get Paul Schmoe in there and they torpedo him at the state level and everywhere he goes and everything he does he's completely ineffectual not exactly a fruitful outcome there for us and then scenario number three somebody other than paul gets in there because the precinct chairs whom split amongst the three um get to pick the replacement and Frazier's not an option because he took himself out of the race. They're all irritated with Paul Chabot, so they refuse to support him. And Jim Herblin or somebody else gets in there. And now we're running with a less well-known candidate. I would say in some ways we might end up with a better candidate, but or at least more constitutionally-minded candidate, hypothetically speaking, but less well-known and doesn't have the money And, again, outcome number one, they lose, and we got a Democrat. Outcome number two, they win, but everybody down in Austin is going to remember what happened to their guy. And they're not going to be overly helpful to whomever wins that seat. They're not really going to be interested in what Mr. Herblin or anyone else that might be there has to say or do because they look at him as a fluke and they're probably going to look to primary him the next time around. And I got to say, that's the outcome that we've brought upon ourselves, potentially. Again, what possible positive outcome are we going to get from this other than, in the words of Derek Baker, we push a rhino out of a seat that should be rightfully ours. I'm paraphrasing, Mr. Baker. This is not meant to be slanderous, just something, a riff on something he had said earlier. Now, whether or not you believe Mr. Frazier is a rhino, he did win the primary runoff. Whether or not you're a big fan of Mr. Chabot or not, he did lose the primary runoff. And for everybody else that is not deeply enmeshed in politics, this really only can be seen one way. Is that... A sore losers going after the victor. And what they couldn't win politically in a fair race, they're going to try and do judicially. 
Now, I got to tell you, me personally, I think if it goes to a court, I would be stunned if Mr. Frazier is found guilty. Stunned. Because quite frankly, I don't think the vast majority of the people that would serve on a jury would understand what happened that was wrong or certainly anything that necessitates a felony conviction. Now, I'm sure that somebody could potentially convince enough people to do that, but come on, none of this is going to happen until way after the general election. And at that point, he'll either be in the seat, in which case he becomes untouchable, or he won't be in the seat, in which case he's going to cut a deal to protect his livelihood. And I don't blame him for that. But again, in what way, shape, or form is this a constructive way to spend our time, money, and effort? The guy won. If you're upset about it, take him on in two years. If the guy goes down there and, quite frankly, is less than stellar, then we can choose to primary him again in two years. I, for one, hope that's not the case. I truly and sincerely hope that the campaign promises made, which the primary one is, I'm here to support HD61, he keeps truth to that. I, I truly do hope that's the case. But if, if not, then you go after him in two years. That's the right thing to do. When you have a candidate that becomes an elected official that disappoints you, you go after them in the primary. Now, I understand that's a huge challenge. I mean, we've got multiple candidates that, quite frankly, need to be primaried, but are virtually untouchable. But it doesn't have to be the case. We just have to articulate, this is what they said they would do. This is what they did, which is in conflict with what they said they do, and then find good candidates and raise money and work for those good candidates. But we didn't do that. We continually fail to do that. So if we want to blame somebody, we ought to blame ourselves. In conclusion, as I go to wrap this up in less than 30 minutes, (sighs) gut response. Frederick, I don't know that you did anything wrong. If you should feel that you did something wrong that would potentially justify this, then the smart move is to step down while we still have time to pick a good replacement. If you believe or feel that you did nothing wrong or nothing that justifies a potential felony, then stick by your guns, let the process work, and so be it. Mr. Chabot, I know you probably are not going to listen to a word I have to say, but sir, whatever our differences have always been, or let me rephrase that, whatever our differences have been, I've always been respectful of you and treated you fairly and evenly. I will continue to do so, but man, this just doesn't look good on you, quite frankly. And Mr. Herblin, if you're out there listening to me, <laughs> I don't know if anything that was said about you is true. Uh, In fact, from my brief conversation with you relating to that, I believe you scoffed at the entire notion. But if this does play out like I think that uh, certain segments of our people would like, stay frosty, my friends, stay frosty. And one last word on this matter. I'm going to say it right now. If this becomes... 
another open seat, like what what happened with CD4. (laughs) And it goes into the precinct chairs. (laughs) Oh, man. All bets are off. (laughs) And with that, I'll end this special report. I will see you on the other side.